Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. I am so excited about today's guest. This is a very, very special lady and one of my greatest inspirations of 2020, my wonderful doula, Erica Elliott. She started the journey of becoming a doula not long after her son was born and having her own lack of postpartum care. Eric has been practicing as a doula since 2005 and is, well, pretty much famous in the birth world. I met Erica at a birthing course back in 2020 and instantly knew she was the woman I wanted by my side during pregnancy and postpartum care. Erica is passionate about averdic food, belly wrapping, mama baths, birth education, and all the love, care, and support a mom needs during her transition to motherhood. This episode is going to awaken your heart and reveal so much much truth. You are going to love Erica. Hi, everyone. Okay, so I want to introduce my beautiful, amazing doula who took me through the process of being pregnant with baby Hunter and obviously the COVID birthing, which was a little interesting because it was the first time Erica actually did a Zoom birth, (laughs) an (laughs) online Zoom birth. I was her first COVID mama per se, I guess, first birth during COVID. And I've asked her to come on today to share a little bit about her passion about being a doula and her passion for postpartum care, especially right now in what's going on in today's society and with COVID and everything, postpartum care has never been more important. So welcome, Erica. Tell us a little bit about your doula journey when you started and what led you to become a doula. Okay. Hi. Thanks, Caitlin. Hi, everybody. I'm Erica. I'm a Sydney-based doula and postpartum doula and childbirth educator. And yes, you were my first COVID birth and my only FaceTime birth too, actually, which was very interesting. So that was a very special journey to be on with you and James and Hunter. I started my doula training in 2005 in Sydney with a woman called Marie Burrows who had Birthing Rights Australia, which was an amazing mentorship and apprenticeship uh, training that went over two years. And I was there once a week for two years and pretty much got picked up to be a doula in the first couple of weeks that I was in my training. And I haven't stopped since, but I guess the first time I was actually at a birth as a support person was in 1994 and then again in 1996 when two of my girlfriends had babies and they asked me to be their support person, which was, you know, what people were before doulas became a thing. 
And to be honest, when we had our baby in 2003, I had never heard of a doula, but I had one of those friends whose births I'd been at as my support person. So she was in my birth room with me rubbing my back and giving me ice and holding the space for me and my partner, Jonathan, while we brought our son into the world. So it was really lovely to experience. And I always knew that I wanted a known friend to be with me when I had my baby. But it wasn't until I was in my mother's group with Marie at Birthing Rights one day and she said, I'm going to do an intake of doula training next year if anybody wants to join. And knowing that she had a room full of brand new mothers and as you know, when you become a new mother, you become really passionate about this whole birth world because it's a world that's just opened up to you once you've had a baby. When she said that to me, I felt like the heavens opened up and I just heard all these angels singing in my head. It was like just like this chorus of, ah, and uh, I knew then that that's what I had to do. I I knew when I'd given birth that I didn't want to leave that realm. I just wasn't sure how to stay in it. And when she told me that she was doing an intake of doula training, that's, that's what I knew I had to do next. So I ditched my naturopathic degree that I was studying and I went into the doula world and it's there that I have remained ever since. So it's probably the longest thing I've ever done in my life, apart from being a mother, which only tops it by a year anyway. <laughs> wow. So how many years have you been practicing as a paid doula? So my first birth was in March, 2005. Wow. Yeah. And I love that when I did an interview with Mon yesterday, she said, you know, our doula Erica, she's kind of famous in the birthing world. She's kind of famous in the hospital. And it's true because you've, you, you are quite consistently a doula in the birthing world. And a lot of the hospitals know you and a lot of the midwives know you, that very anchored doula that's been around for a beautiful time, which is why you're in so demand. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what does it look like being a doula right now compared to when you first started being a doula, like COVID and there's been obviously so many changes over the time you've actually been practicing as a doula. What is it like to be a doula right now for you? Well, for me, I guess the core of it all hasn't changed that much because for me, I'm just really anchored into the woman and her partner and what they need. There's been a big shift in the last year insofar as a lot of people are either more scared, more frightened, obviously, because the COVID kind of blanket that descended upon us last year, they're more isolated because their family can't be around them. And also with the restrictions on how many support people a woman could have, that was pretty shitty as you experienced. There is a lot more, I've, I've noticed in, in the years that I've been moving through all the different hospital systems, there's a lot more policies and procedures and restrictions that women have to deal with and have to negotiate and a lot more hoops for them to jump through, which didn't seem to be such an issue when I first started. Or maybe it's just because I wasn't as aware of them or because I was a fledgling doula and I was just focusing on one thing. And the more you go into this work, the more your eyes open to how political it is and it's a real big patriarchal world that women go in to have their babies in which should be a real feminine um, matriarchal caring environment so not only do women have to jump through hoops but midwives have to jump through hoops doulas have to jump through hoops and and we all just kind of have to play the game to make sure that the woman gets what she needs and sometimes that's a lot harder these days wow and I think we we've briefly talked about this, but I think 
The Birth Time documentary has also been a huge catalyst for conversation in the birth space for you, especially with people mm. contacting you and wanting to know how they can get more support. Did you also want to share a little bit about how Birth Time's affected your work and the doula space? Well, Birth Time's only sort of been released for the last month, I think, and, and the girls have been doing an amazing trip traveling around the country and doing all the Q&As. And there's been a beautiful... I guess, renaissance of a, a lot of women getting really passionate again about the whole birth scene. And yeah, I have been contacted, I think a little, the, the traffic's been a little bit higher in the last month of people questioning, oh, maybe I do need a doula or maybe I want to shift to a home birth. One of my couples that are due in June actually sent me a text last night to say that they have secured a midwife and they're moving from the hospital to a home birth as a result of going to see birth time last week, which is very cool. Wow. Yeah. And, and last year with COVID as well, I was getting a lot more of my clients shifting from hospital birth to home birth so that they could have that known support with them. So yeah, I guess a really beautiful raise in awareness for people like you and even even us, even the converted, you know, like we are the choir that goes to birth time and, and sing its praises because we love it and we know how important it is. And we we're in there, in, in the trenches doing that work with the girls in birth time. But for, for women that haven't got that knowledge or experience, it's just been really beautiful for, for them to see this film and gather that information. And last week I was at another screening in the city with a bunch of doula friends and there was a couple sitting up the back and, and I, I said to them, are we in birth time? Like I just needed to check we were in the right cinema and they said, yeah, yeah. And their eyes were really big and they were watching all these women come in and and I said, are you about, are you pregnant? Are you going to have a baby? And they're like, yeah. And I said, you are in such a great place to be right now. Like this is such a great film for you to see in your pregnancy because hopefully it'll, it'll help you find, find the chance to listen to your heart and follow that when you make these decisions about how your baby comes into the world. I love that. And I think it's also just been so beautiful for women that also have fought to have a home birth or had to hire their own midwife and had to find the right doula. I've got a beautiful friend up in Perth who went on a really hard journey and she wouldn't mind me sharing because it's all over social media anyway. But her baby was in the higher percentile and the hospital wouldn't give her a midwife to have a home birth. So she had to source her own midwife. There was no risk. There was literally nothing wrong. And she just sent me her birth video two days ago and I got mm -hmm. to watch it. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And through that whole process, you know, there was feelings of his postnatal depression going to come back up. I really want to have a home birth. I really want to nurture myself. I really want the right people around me to prepare for a situation that I don't want to repeat from last time. And watching her battle through all these hoops that you say, was really, really hard to watch. And then she actually got her dream birth and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I've seen her going into her postpartum care totally different to last time. Mm. And I just think that thanks to women like you and Joe White and the team that are actually paving the way for our generation to feel, as they say, emotionally safe and physically well during birth. So it's just, it's amazing. That's why I wanted to get you on today. I want to share more about it. I want more women out there to know it is possible to feel supported and have that, like I said to Monia, say a tribe around you that's literally batting for you. So again, why is it so important to have a doula in your space, in your birth world, for whatever reason, for whatever type. Now you've done natural birth, you've done C-section birth, you've seen it all. You're mm -hmm. not biased on one 
that you just support mum wherever she needs to go. Yeah. And a doula can be there for a C-section. She can be there the whole process. It's it's not just for a natural um, birth. So tell us a little bit about why you think it's so important to have a doula by your side. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really great question. And your friend's story is a really beautiful testament to how women can come into power and we can achieve what we're hoping to achieve when we've got the right people supporting us and encouraging us and believing in us. And and I think when you walk into the system as an as as just a, a regular pregnant mum that's going to have her appointments in the outpatients and you just sit there with hordes of women and you wait for hours and you get a five minute appointment with someone that doesn't know you that measures your funders and takes your blood pressure and listens to the baby's heart rate. And then you know that they're really Russian pressured. So you can't ask them any questions. And then you just out the door again. And when I'm supporting women that are in that system and I ask them questions in our meetings, they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have time to ask the midwife or the midwife didn't have time to answer the question. So I feel that the importance of having a doula is not just for the birth, it's in the pregnancy as well. And the earlier I meet people in their pregnancies, the more excited I am to be able to work with them because you're there as a buffer and as a sounding board and as a guide throughout the majority of the pregnancy, not just at the end and in in labor and birth. And that's the time when you can help them start to really explore and investigate what their beliefs are, what their fears are, what their desires are, what their abilities are, and what their belief systems are around themselves and around birth, because that really does come into play when they're in labor. So it's that's a really great reason to have a doula is just to have that person that you know is just batting for you and they're on your side of the fence and they're really unbiased and they're there just to listen to you and validate what you're saying and and hear your needs and hear your fears and help you work through them and then when it comes to labor, having someone that you can call on when you're in labor that isn't in the hospital and that knows you already and that can come to your home and help support you in those early hours of labor, not the very beginning of labor, obviously, as you know, you did quite a bit of labor at home with James before you both felt that you needed me to come. But when labor does ramp up to that next level and the dads are usually the ones that call me and say, mm, I've run out of things to do now. She doesn't want to know about me anymore. She wants you. That's a really good sign to me that the labor's kicked into that, getting heading towards more of that regular rhythmic established labor. And that's when women can get quite scared and unsure and, and not know what to do. And first time couples especially will tend to move into the hospital then. And often they can do a lot more at home. They just need that extra padding, that extra layer of support to keep them there and, and let them know that this is normal and that they're doing great and everything is fine. I think for the partners, they just want to know that their mum and their baby are fine and safe and it's okay. And for the women, often it's just that they want to know that their partner's okay and then they can go deeper and deeper into the birth world. So having that doula there kind of helps settle and soothe both parents. And then we usually liaise with the midwives. Often I'll, I'll have a chat to the midwives and let them know what's going on at home. And I'm also trying to suss out what's going on in the hospital to see 
you know, are we near a shift change? Is there room? Is there a room with a bath? Because that's what she really wants. And so I'm kind of trying to micromanage that trans- transfer into hospital when it's time to go so that it's as smooth as possible for the couple. And then when we all do decide to go in, and it's always the mother's decision, but often she's more relaxed when I'm there. So we do tend to stay a bit longer at home. But when we do move to the hospital, we kind of go in a convoy together and arrive as a team. And, you know, either I'll be carrying the bags while the dad supports the mum, or vice versa. I remember you needed my hand on your back and my hand on your belly. And James was carrying the bags, but that was also a ploy. So I could get up to the room for a little while with you, even though we weren't allowed. And, you know, so the dad's got the yellow card and all the paperwork and all of that. So it's just a really smooth transition and no one's sort of looking in bags and getting flustered and and starting to freak out because we want the mum to stay in that oxytocic state for as much as she can in that drive from home to hospital. And then also once we arrive in the hospital room, hospital rooms are hospital rooms, right? They're not home. They're not your own environment. They're not somewhere that's familiar and soothing. So a doula is somebody that can help quickly transform the room, help the dad transform the room or be with the mum while the dad's transforming the room so that the mum is never left alone. And then we make that space a warm, soothing, calm, comfortable, dimly lit room for the mum so that she can go back into that sort of primal mammalian state and releasing those hormones so that she can continue with her labour and have her baby. Another reason I think having a doula in the room is that we can liaise with the midwives. We can let them know what's going on. We kind of know, we, we sort of have a foot in both worlds. We're not medically trained and we don't do anything medical, but we do understand the medical goings on of labour and birth. And so we can have conversations with the midwives around what the mother's hoping to achieve and what we've noticed at home and how things might be changing once we're in the hospital room. And we're that continuity of support for the couple and midwives come and go. They change shift if you're there for long enough or they have breaks and different faces come into the room. And, you know, when you're in labor, there's no time to really clock who it is or what their name is, or you don't even really want to know about who they are. And so often the midwife can be that kind of blanket of protection. Not that we want to separate you from your medical care, but we just, you know, we will introduce them or we'll we'll talk to you about what they're trying to communicate to you if you don't really want to deal with new faces and new voices. So yeah, and just just making sure that mothers are heard and respected Mm. and that their needs are met because that so often isn't the case when we hear women's birth stories, right? And I think a doula is like, we're like a benevolent witness in the room. And when there's somebody else that's in the room, often people are better behaved and more respectful and kinder. And also it's really interesting sometimes because I have been around the block so many times in this world, sometimes the midwives are really young and haven't had babies themselves. And that's totally fine. They're passionate and they want to be there to support women. But I kind of feel like I'm the one in the room with the most amount of hours up in birth rooms. And sometimes the midwives are looking at me going, oh, what's that you're using? Or what are you pulling out of your bag now? And what are you doing there? So we have some really lovely connections and fun conversations around what doulas do and what doulas bring that they don't learn in midwifery school. So that's really fun as well to have that connection with them. And I feel like so many of the things you mentioned 
happened during my birth. As soon as we arrived, we had a changeover in midwives. There, It was a very interesting night because it was a long weekend. So there was a different type of staff on. There were people that wanted to work the long weekend. Not everyone wants to do that. Yeah. And as you know, I a beautiful midwife when the changeover happened. She was just, and I still to this day think about her and I still think I wonder what she's doing, where is she, because she literally helped that whole process be so beautiful and I always remember her being really respectful with you as well and you commented on that after how much she kept looking to you on the screen for guidance so I had a I was very blessed to have a very beautiful experience but I realized that's not everyone's story and I love that you mentioned feeling heard because often the husband gets flustered I don't even know what I'm thinking anymore I'm saying things that I don't even know what I'm saying anymore and then you get to be that anchor and that grounding from all of that relationship building and get to speak what that what this patient wants what the mum needs what we agreed on remember we talked about that because and I think you're in that place the whole time I was like where's the painkiller where's the and I remember she offered me and I looked to you straight away and I said should I do it what did we talk about because I was looking to you to anchor to guide me because I couldn't even remember did did I say I wanted to do the gas what did I say and I just remember looking to you being like just tell me what I need to do Erica just guide me because I was past that point of making really rational decisions based on what I felt Mm. and the other thing I really remember is only you knew how to rub my back James Mm. couldn't do it Mm. there was this technique that you had with this circular motion and I remember saying to James why aren't you doing it like Erica why aren't you rubbing my back like Erica (laughs) and that's not to say that the husbands aren't amazing because as you know James actually was pivotal in my birth like he actually did more than the midwife in the end I feel he was so amazing Mm. but there was just that touch that you had that really grounded and really soothes me all of that laboring at home that I really longed for in the hospital that I missed out on and I remember you saying oh I wished I was there with you I wanted to be there with you and it is it's this touch and it's this knowing and it's this stroke and you are also a massage therapist so you know the body that unfortunately the husband just might not have and he's got so much going on and he even turned to you and was like, I can't do anything right. I feel like I'm not doing anything right. And you were like, you won't do anything right because she's going to change every contraction. Just just keep going, James. It's all right. And he actually needed you to build his confidence that he was doing the right thing because he was starting to lose hope mm-hmm. based on the way I reacting to his decision making which it's part of the whole thing so there's so many layers and as well sometimes you can go into the hospital and it's a really busy night you know when my cousin was birthing the midwife even had to come in the next day and say I'm really sorry I wasn't there for you during that part of your active labor because she was next door birthing another mum and my cousin was like obviously you had to go with the mum that was actually birthing but I just remember that moment where she was like I'm all alone her husband had to go move the car and there was no one in there and she was like oh my gosh what do I do where the duel is always there no yeah. matter where the husband has to get a snack has to go to the toilet the midwives birthing five other babies at the same time you're always there to of care like we talked about so yeah anyway gets me all excited makes me want to have another again. baby <laughs> and you will be there this time I will yeah easy peasy uh, <laughs> okay let's shift gears a little bit because mm-hmm. I know you have such a beautiful passion for postpartum care, the care after birth, Mm. which if you are there during the labour, you do linger for a little bit depending on if 
there's placenta encapsulation or even if it's post-C-section, you stay there as long as you feel the mum needs you before that bonding takes place as a family and whatever mum needs. But then you also continue that care for quite a few weeks depending on the different packages that people hire you for, if it's your belly wrapping, if it's food or whatever. I know that you're going to create something beautiful as well this year that might be different in care. But just tell us why you're so passionate about that care and how you've developed your packages to care for women. Mm, Thank you. I guess I'm really passionate about the postnatal period because my postnatal period was shit. And even though I thought it was good at the time, I had a great pregnancy, I had a fantastic birth, and I had two blissful days in the birth centre where we gave birth to our baby. I don't know how that happened. It was just this magical bubble and the midwives let us stay in the birth room, which you would never get to do that now. But when we got home, it was just us. And I felt like my husband was just a real fish out of water. He's a chef. So he was bringing me beautiful meals. But at the time we were macrobiotic. So everything was really kind of light and airy and a little bit raw and not very dense. And it was quite dry. And I just remember feeling really jigged out and really wired. And by the time my baby was four months old, I was skin and bone and just all boobs. I had no bum and I was just all ribs and everything was going out in my breast milk and my hair started falling out and all of the things, right? And I lost a tooth months down the track because I just felt like my body was so depleted that, you know, everything was going into my baby. And so over the years, obviously postnatal work hasn't been at the fore. Everything's been focused on the education and the birth support. And then people just get sent home and depending on who they've got around them, they're lucky or they're unlucky in that postnatal support. But I've been really fascinated with TCM and Ayurveda and how traditional cultures support their women. And a number of years ago, I was up in Byron and I hooked up with my midwife, from when I had my baby. She's an independent midwife now and she lives up there. And she told me about this book, The First 40 Days. And that's when this famous postnatal book had just first come out. And so I bought the book straight away and I started looking into it. And I loved the TCM aspect, but I've also got 30 years of yoga behind me. And I'm really passionate about the Ayurvedic lifestyle. And so I started delving into and doing some training with some beautiful Ayurvedic practitioners and doulas in the States. And over the last year, started creating these packages for the women that I supported because as a doula with all the hundreds of women that I've supported, you know, you offer two postnatal visits and that's it. And Mm. I just felt like that wasn't enough. Even three postnatal visits isn't enough. And in those postnatal visits, you know, traditionally we were just going in to check on them, to make sure they were doing okay, to help with breastfeeding, check in on how their mental health was, but there was nothing nothing, nothing nurturing. And I didn't feel like there was any swooping in and swaddling the mother like I felt I needed when I was in my postpartum. And I must mention that in my postpartum, I began my doula training when Gus was 15 months old. So in all those years that I was a doula, I was bringing up a child and I didn't really have it in me to continue on with that nurturing afterwards because I had to go home and nurture my own child. So it's it's only been in the last 
four or five years since he's become, you know, more of a, well, he's 17 now. So he's a little bit more independent, obviously. So I've had the opportunity to really look at the postnatal period more and offer myself more to these women in the postnatal period. And it's something now that when I'm a doula for someone and they don't book in the postnatal stuff, I get really sad because yes, Uh it's all about, yeah, for me, very much holding the space while they're having their baby in in labor and birth, but I just want that to continue. I want that continuity of support to spread out and give me the opportunity to really nurture them afterwards. And the women that I have done that for have had really beautiful, grounded, happy postnatal experiences. And it's been a real blessing to watch that unfold for them and to see this kind of practice in action and to see how it really does work. And last year I had the opportunity to be a doula for a woman that lived three minutes from my home. And Mm. so we decided to embark on the 42 days postpartum Ayurvedic care together. And she only ate the food I made for her. And I went around and massaged her belly and wrapped her belly almost every day. And even though she's only three minutes from my home, there were some days where I just couldn't get there and and she couldn't cope with any, any visitors. But for the majority of the time, that's what we did. And I've never seen anyone so radiant in their postnatal experience, you know, and see her really adoring her baby and adoring her partner and and being really enveloped in love and calm and tranquility and being really deeply nurtured and to see someone really honor that time in her life because as you know it goes and when it's gone it's gone. So it seems like a long time, 6 weeks initially, but wow, it just flew by. And I was, I was doing that care for a few women at the same time. So running from house to house with all these meals and my wraps and my oil that's made in India that has the most um, incredible scent that just grounds everybody straight away. And it's designed to penetrate through all the seven layers to go into the bloodstream and do all the healing that's required for these women postpartum. So yeah, can you tell I love it? <laughs> I kind of haven't come up for air, but it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful offering. And this year I would love to be able to start working with women in their pregnancy, getting them ready for the birth, being there at the birth, and then being with them postnatally for that six weeks, which would mean I would just cut out a big chunk of time for each woman and not have to support so many women, but support each woman a lot deeper and a lot more thoroughly. Yeah, that's my dream. Hey, Mama, this is a quick little ad break. If you need to grab a snack or do something, do so now. But while you're listening, if there's a mum that's popped into your mind as you're listening to Erica speaking that you know would be so blessed from Erica's services or a mama that you know is just so in the need of some care and love and support, could you please send them today's episode or copy the link, share it on your Instagram, whatever it takes to help get more mamas exposed to the wonderful Erica and the beautiful things that she's doing with pregnancy pregnancy and postpartum care. That would mean the absolute world to us. Okay, back to the final part of this week's episode. I'm ever saying to you, how do you share with a woman that's pregnant how much they're going to need post postnatal care when they haven't even reached that point yet? And I think that can be sometimes the tricky part. Even myself, I was like, I'm a chef. I've prepped all my food, as you know, mm. and I did prep a lot of and it was there for me and I did take really good steps 
but what still got to that point where I was like, um, so can you come back? Yeah. <laughs> can you be there for me? I need you. Even though I've got all the food sorted, I just want you to come. And it is more than just the belly wrapping or the food. It's an anchor. It's, and as much as you've got a partner or some people might not have a partner and they're wonderful and they're amazing, there's nothing like the female touch, the mother touch. Mm. And there's a lot of people at the moment during COVID that might not have their mums here. They might be overseas or family might be in another location. And I remember... One of the beautiful girls I referred your wrapping to, she goes, I wanted to do the wrapping because I thought it would physically help me go back into shape. But then you came and sat with me for those three visits and I didn't realize how much I just needed to talk to someone yeah. and just converse, be heard and be supported and just have that touch. And even if you do have a mum, you might not have the best relationship with your mum and you might not feel comfortable to be open and you get to come in and be that beautiful grounding. And I, I remember contacting you and saying, I've had a big cry after you've left after my first belly wrapping because all of this pain and whatever I was feeling just got released. Mm. And it was this really healing, nurturing experience for me that was in, it was just, you know, priceless. I couldn't have put a, put, couldn't have put a price tag on that. So I think it is so beautiful postnatal care is becoming a bit more prominent even on social media with different companies making food and talking about even just creating awareness for people that haven't had a baby and how to support the postnatal mum. Mm. What are the things you can do for her? What can you bring for her? How can you treat her? And I love that you've been posting things like you don't need to go and hold her baby. You just need to go and take the trash out and like help her with like the dishes or whatever. It's all these basic things and unfortunately I think in our privileged culture we've lost those um, ancestral roots where the women would all gather around together and women can feel like they have to figure it all out and do it all on their own and yeah it can be really lonely and no one talks about that stuff and then women start to think that there's something wrong with them because they're having all these feelings and they should be this strong back to work career woman and really they just want to sit at home and cry because they feel like everything's going wrong yeah. and then you swoop in <laughs> and you bring life and ground them and remind them, no, this is normal. This is what we've been doing for decades. It's okay to feel this. Blues are normal. Yeah. Breastfeeding can be hard. Babies cry. Like it's just amazing. So if there is anyone out there that is wanting to know more about belly wrapping or your postpartum care or anything, mm. they can contact you on Instagram, can't they? And have a chat, have a quick call. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just want to touch on like the principles of Ayurveda and why it's so important and why why it helps to ground women in their postpartum because yeah, I mean a lot of women feel great afterwards. And I have had a lot of women ring me and say, Yeah, I feel fine. And there is a little bubble in that early postpartum period, but it does come, you do come unraveled at some point. And yep. that's to be expected and it's it's normal. But in, in Ayurveda, we talk about the four pillars of postpartum support and they include rest, diet, massage and herbs. And mm. we talk about the 42 days because that's six weeks and that in that postpartum period, a woman, it's ideal for the mother and the baby to be resting and nesting and supported in a really harmonious environment where there's no arguments and no intense conversations. Because as you know, you're so open and vulnerable and 
you know, watching the news or hearing something bad is just, it's too intense for a new mum. So it's almost like we shield our young children from all the bad stuff that goes on in the world. And we want to shield the new mother like we do mm. new children from all that bad stuff. Cause energetically she's so open and she's, she's going to take it all in. So we talk about there's, there's different elements and different doshas in the Ayurvedic system. And we talk about the element of Vata becomes quite dominant in a woman when she's just had a baby. And that's because when you think about it, a woman's just had a very full belly with this whole other new human being living inside. So it was a very vibrant, warm, energy within her body. And it still is during labor, but at that moment of birth, when the baby leaves the woman's body, her whole system becomes really high in vata. And the properties of vata, we talk about them as being dry, rough, brittle, cold, light, and mobile. And what we want a new mother to be feeling are all the opposites of vata, which are moist, oily, smooth, grounded, nourished, and stable. And they're all the things that I remember not feeling a lot of most of the time, even though I feel like people were trying to do that. We had no knowledge of this stuff back then. And so the way I like to bring these qualities to a new mum. So if we're talking about moist, then we look at her hydration by making her like a sweet water lactation tea with different spices in it. And I remember bringing around a bottle of all the different seeds and things for you to make that tea, warm soupy meals and herbal baths. And this is a new thing that I'm adding to what I offer are these really beautiful medicinal botanical waters. So instead of a mum throwing a whole lot of herbs into her bath that she then has to clean afterwards. And we don't want new mums worrying about cleaning baths where all the calendula leaves are stuck to the edge of the bath. I decoct all the herbs here and add flower essences and essential oils and clays and all sorts of really beautiful things and then decoct it down over a number of hours and then strain it and deliver it in bottles or jars. So she's just got the liquid to pour into the bath. So it keeps the bath nice and clean, but it absorbs in through the skin. So that's a really yummy thing that is coming this year. And the way we keep the mum system oily is obviously with massages and preferably like a whole body warm oil massage before her bath every day would be beautiful or the belly massage, which is really important and using lots of oil in her diet. So implementing, you know, the use of ghee, eating spoonfuls of ghee, putting ghee in everything or having really good quality oils in your food. And then smooth, to bring the quality of smooth, it's it's about gentleness and about cocooning the mother in this space and having smooth foods, pureed foods, rich milky tonics and gentle interactions with people. So you don't want mums reading the emails or paying bills or, you know, doing all of that stuff, having phone calls with people that just not letting people into her space that really don't need to be there and aren't there to look after her. And then to keep mum grounded, mum and baby grounded, we want them to rest and nest that postnatal period where you want to be inward and in really kind of warm, darker spaces and bringing in energy from root vegetables. So foods that are from under the earth are really grounding for her. And to nourish her, we bring her easy to digest nutrient dense foods 
that rebuild her strength and also rebuild her digestive fire. And we don't want women eating raw food, salad, dry, brittle foods like chips or even raw fruits or having smoothies or raw juices or things. We want everything to be warm and cooked so it's easier for her digestive system. And then the stabilizing element is to be consistent and have a predictable daily routine. And that's why, you know, knowing that somebody's going to come and give you a massage and draw you a bath and hold your baby while you're resting and then feed you a really beautiful warm meal and pour you a drink and leave you with a flask full of hydrating herbal tea. Brilliant. What a great routine to have in your postpartum, right? And to have that belly wrap, which the belly wrapping really does help with the vata. It helps with displaced abdominal organs. It helps relieve and release excess wind. And women with cesarean births tend to have a lot of wind in their bellies. So the wrapping supports that as well as supporting the hips, the pelvic ligaments, the muscles, and the emotional heart. And when all of that is supported, women's hormones can balance and she can feel really held on a physical, spiritual, and psychological level, as well as the emotional level, of course, which is really important. So that's why I love doing the belly wraps and the massages, even if I don't get to do all the other stuff. It's just like there's some element there that I can come and care for her system in that way Ah, makes me all like warm and it's raining outside you just want to kind of like kept on the word cocoon like just want to be a little cocoon hide away and be scrumptious so you've shared on a whole range of areas that we can support the mum on her postpartum journey have you seen particularly obviously with your clients, because of all of that beautiful nourishment and care, there has been, you know, less signs of women getting really down or, you know, tipping into that place of postnatal depression or, you know, that can happen. Have you seen because of your care, basically that's been avoided in a way? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, I even remember that for myself. You saw I got quite down. We had a lot of challenges and mum and I sat down and we're like, we've got to we've got to hire Erica for some extra support. We were feeling that real pressure and I was starting to get really down and questioning was there something wrong with me? And I remember as soon as we we took that extra care on with you, and as you know, things really improved with Hunter quite quickly. And there was a point where we were really getting quite low, mm. mastitis and feeding and wanes. And then when that continuity of care came from you, I would like literally check my phone and wait for you to turn up. And when's Erica coming? When's she <laughs> going to be here? And you turn up. And I, when James and I even got to go on a little date, remember one yeah. day, we got to go to the beach and just be two people. And the other thing I remembered feeling was who, who would I hire to look after my newborn baby? Like there's no babysitters I would necessarily, I wouldn't get on an app and hire somebody. The only person you would get is close family that you trust Mm -hmm. and my doula. Mm -hmm. That, That was it. That was my option. And I remember feeling completely trusted and safe with you with my newborn baby. And that's also a really scary place for some mums to have that person come in and and touch their baby. And I remember having beautiful peace whenever you'd walk in And I think all of the girls that I've referred you to, they all just said, oh, my gosh, when she'd walk in, everything would feel light. Everything would just feel right in the world. She was just the most amazing presence. And a lot of those women still didn't have you in their pregnancy journey. No. You literally in there and you just would come in and they're like, oh, Erica's here. Everything's going to be okay. (laughs) And that's probably what it was meant to be like, right? Aunties were meant to 
come over, cousins were meant to come over, your doulas were meant to be there. There was meant to be this beautiful feminine grounding and this cooking and you basically shouldn't have lifted a finger from what I've read in the ancient times. If you needed tea, someone would bring you a tea. You needed your feet rubbed, someone would come and rub your feet, help you in the shower, like for weeks. So I think it's really beautiful that we're trying to bring that back and remind women it's okay to have help and it's okay to have support and it's okay to have somebody there to be that presence for you because, yeah, I think I think we have lost that a little bit in my generation. Which we're trying to be too strong all the time. And, you know, it's, strength- it's really interesting that you say your generation too because I've noticed a difference in the women that I work with from when I started to now and your generation, you're so switched on and you, you have access to so much information and you, you are like go-getters and you do do a lot, but birth is the same through the centuries and it brings mm-hmm. women to their knees and postpartum requires calm, quiet, stillness and not achieving and not doing all that stuff and I guess for people that are used to doing it all it's harder and so yeah it's not it's not it's also not a luxury I don't think hiring a postpartum doula I think that that is money really well spent more than on you know the latest cot or pram or any of that stuff it's like having that real grounding foundation to move into parenting together and having that person there that that once again is there without their own agenda they're there to just nurture and support you through a major transition and and get you on the right path so that you're enjoying your new lives as parents and as a family absolutely and i feel like if there's one There's going to be women listening to this that haven't transitioned into motherhood yet. And I I hope there is women that aren't even yet pregnant listening to this so they can be preparing early on about how they want birth and postpartum care to look like. But I think if there was some parting words you could leave with women that aren't yet a Mm mum, that have friends that are mum and completely unaware of what it's like, what could they do as a friend or a sister or a cousin or whatever to support women they know that are having babies or already have had a baby in the most beautiful way? Because I remember thinking when I initiated into motherhood and people were loving on me and caring for me, I was thinking I did not do that for other people in the way that I could have because I was naive. I didn't know. I hadn't, I hadn't experienced that before. And I, I cooked a meal and dropped it over, but that's there was so much more I could have done that wouldn't have actually been that much harder. So can you just leave some inspiring words so we can really bring women together and bring sisters together alongside each other, regardless if you're a mother yet. So we really can go on this journey in our generation of how to care for mothers better and more lovingly, regardless if you're a mum yourself. You know Mm. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I know what you're trying to say. I I think one of the most important things is to just listen. Like, Don't go in there with all your preconceived ideas and tell them what you know about what they should be doing because women know what they need to do. It's just too many people are telling them what to do. And I think that's probably why women choose to have doulas rather than their family members around because 
family comes with a whole lot of backstory, right? And a whole lot of enmeshment and different archetypes that we become, come out to play when we're with our family. But when you've got an unbiased support person around you that just listens, you feel heard and validated. And sometimes new mums just need to sit and talk and know that they're not going to be judged. So I would say go with an open heart, listen. Wow. Mm. Which is just beautiful, isn't it? Mm. Just gathering around with a cup of tea and just sitting there and just holding space for her to talk and express what she's feeling because there's a lot down there, isn't there? And I think that's something else we've talked about is when you really get there and sit with people and hear their birth and hear your life, how are you feeling? Like where are you at with that? And you kind of almost pause time for a moment for those mums to sit with where are you actually at right now and then all of a sudden I'm actually really struggling or this and I feel like I'm failing and this and all of it comes out and then they hear it come out and then that helps I guess with the process or you get to speak into that and remind them they're doing a good job. Yeah, and also when you get to listen and they get to talk from the heart, then you'll hear what it is that they need. And then you'll be able to help them. Because it'll come up what they're struggling with, won't it? The yeah. real deep pain that they're feeling. And it could be something really simple. It could be something quite complex. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and years of knowledge and experience. I 100% know this podcast is pivotal right now. I know especially after birth time. I know especially with everything that's going on. And there is a real awakening and a movement in the birth space and there's more women speaking up in my generation and there's this real collaboration coming together and co-creation for how we can support women better and more lovingly and let's just let's just believe that we can be the generation that helps eradicate voiceless unheard you know pain traumatic births and bring a fresh new light for my future children's generation and that we can actually create change and it's exciting we can actually get really excited about it and yeah I just think we're going into exciting times if we band together as sisters absolutely feminism is at its best right now (laughs) yeah yeah it's wonderful so thanks for having me and and keep keep doing what you're doing honey it's awesome And of course, if anybody at all wants to contact you, questions, postpartum care, wherever they're at, continuity of care, all of the birth questions, all where the can things, they find you? All the things. They can find me at Erica Elliott underscore motherbirth on Instagram. Beautiful. And they can just inbox you. Absolutely. I'm always open. I'm checking my Instagram all the time. That's how I communicate with people and that's how they find me. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited for what's to come and I'm looking forward to you being booked, booked up with beautiful births and mums to be soon. Thanks. So thank you so much. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bell and Beyond. Mama, I know you're so busy and your time is precious. So I hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters. If you have loved this week's episode, make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates. It would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself. And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. 
If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together.